Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome. You've tuned in to Man Up, heard each and every Saturday evening at 8. Where host Antonio Delgado, Carl Kozlowski, and Ron Pearson, along with their guests, take a stand for modern manhood. Stand up and man up, America. And now, your hosts, Antonio, Carl, and Ron. Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to another edition of Man Up, coming to you from the luxurious studios of KRLA AM870, The Answer in Los Angeles. And as always, I'm one of your hosts, Carl. Double portion, hold the dessert, Kozlowski. <laughs> and with us are... Uh, Ron, the mirthful married man, Pearson. And as always, one of our guests, or not always, but very frequently, <laughs> one of our guest hosts. Uh, Jim... I'm, I'm always a guest host yes. when I'm here. <laughs> and what's your nickname? Oh, uh, my nickname today will be Jim the Nutty Professor Hope. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Why, why do we call you the Nutty Professor, Jim? Well, because you can't, you know, I mean, well, because I'm... I'm I don't, an adjunct. I'm an adjunct. an adjunct. I'm an adjunct. I'm a part-time professor. Get the That's thesaurus. Right. What does I'm adjunct mean? I'm an adjunct mean? lecturer. Adjunct means yes. part-time. Part. Well, yeah. That, I'm. I'm additional. I'm. I'm. Additional. I'm, I'm essentially the appendix for <laughs> academia. I'm You're the spleen. I, the tonsil. You're the, the spleen. spleen. I'm the unnecessary thing that every. Yes. You know. Yeah. And, that's. It's. But so, yeah. what do you teach and where? I teach uh, TV writing and produce. Producing at, uh, Chapman. at Chapman University. Yeah, that's a good school. Orange. Yeah, it's yeah. lovely, wonderful yeah. people, nice, yeah. nice kids, everything. Yeah. Cool. So good. Yeah, and uh, and on this show we have a motto. What is it, Ron? Our motto is: Small minds talk about people. Average minds talk about things. Great minds talk about ideas. And on this show, we have we've got all, all three. Right. Yes. It's up to you to decide who is who here. All right. <laughs> well, we always like to start the show by uh, having what we call the check-in, where we talk about our weeks. Uh, so uh, Check one, uh, two. Check, check, check right. test. Siblings, siblings. So, uh, Ron, <laughs> what do you want to talk about, sir? How uh, I just want to say I spent several years working on a show called Fuller House, yeah. which was the addition to Full House and... Uh, Last night was our our final show, Aww. and I'm going to leave people that I actually really got to love. They had a real family before I ever came along because Full House was a huge hit 30 years ago, yeah. and they stayed friends and family, and I've been working on so many sitcoms over the years, but this one is really special, and I'm just going to miss everybody. Yeah. I'm going to miss the paycheck the <laughs> By but, everybody, you mean all those Benjamin Franklin. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. I miss you, Benjamin. Oh, Andrew Jackson, I miss you a oh, lot. So sad. Yeah. <laughs> but the reality is, it's um, the older I get in the business, the more I want to be on sets that are friendly and fun that I go and I go, I get to work there rather than I have to work there. So I love you all. I miss you all. By the way, I believe we're going to have Saget on this show. I believe we're going to have Candace Cameron and her husband. Pavel, who's a pro hockey player, uh, together, and I believe we're probably going to have uh, Jody Sweeten and Andrea Barber. Oh, she's got some well. interesting stories. She did a podcast uh, years ago uh, when I used to run podcasts, and she was really interesting. Yeah. So there'll be guests yeah, coming out in the future yeah. in the next couple months for That's us. That's great. So, yeah, yeah. How about I you, miss uh, you all. How about oh. you, Jim? Oh, my check. Well, I uh, my birthday was last week. What? Yes, I had a birthday. Twenty what? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Two Times hundred, four. I, well, no, I'm 243 years young, which I <laughs> wow. look at it, yeah. those dog years. Yeah, I'm the, yeah, I'm the same <laughs> you age can, as, you the, can as count America. The tree <Yeah>. Yeah. A, a boy never tells his age. No, uh, <laughs> that was disturbing. <laughs> but yeah, so so I, I had a birthday. It was exciting. And an interesting thing last week also, I had three years ago. I pitched a show. I'm not going to say what network, yeah. but I pitched a show and I sold it. And what? Yeah, three years ago. Three years ago. So we've been in development for three years. I yeah. turned in the outline about seven months ago. 
no idea. I hey, did, Speed Racer. Right, exactly. Well, no, they just they everything slowed just went up. Yeah. slow and slow and slow. It was Carl, an existing property. T- pay attention. This is how the you know, business works. Existing word. properties, so there was all these rights and the, all this stuff going on with it. It's animated, so there was artwork stuff. Yep. So whatever. So anyway, I, I turn the outline in. I hear nothing for months, months. Yes. And so at this point, I've written it off. Right. They they email me like two weeks ago. Hey, we love it. Let's go to pilot. So hey, hooray. Wow. <laughs> So just you, you don't give up. You just keep going. You just keep you just do other stuff, and then boom! It just I tell comes Carl out all the time: show business is spaghetti. Yeah. You throw it all against the wall, yep. and eventually something sticks. A buddy of mine sold a script for the movie Mister Three Thousand. Oh right, of course. And yeah. from the date they sold it to the day they started filming mm-hmm. was ten years to the day. Right. Right. Ten years to wow. the day. Wow. Yeah. So, welcome to showbiz, Carl. (laughs) Yeah, I'll be dead by the time I get anything made. uh, And then then I'll take it over. Congrats. Because I'm living forever. Yeah. Carl, give us your check-in, brother. All right, so my check-in, I am a Rotten Tomatoes-approved film critic. That means I sort of know what I'm talking about. But uh, anyways, I saw the I'm going to talk about movies. Honestly, Carl, I'm going to interrupt you. You really do know what you're talking about. You've been my friend for a long time. You're a great movie reviewer. Don't lighten it up. Don't yeah, lessen who you are. Yeah. You're really talented. And yeah. a horrible, horrible friend. So just remember that. <laughs> yeah, there's it's a balance. two different things. Yes. But, uh, but I like to look at movies from, do they work, like, do they do what they were supposed to do? Do they thrill you? Do they make you laugh or cry? I don't care about the PC message like so many critics. I'm telling you the straight poop. Are you going to enjoy the movie that you spent 15 bucks on or less around the rest of the country where you're lucky? And that's and an hour week, of wages for the minimum wage. Person. That's right. So this week... I've got Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, oh yeah. I'm so excited about yeah, this movie, yeah, and I don't know anything about it. Yep. Fill well, me in. The IMDb description, so I can keep it tight before I get into what I thought of it, was that American car designer Carol Shelby, played by Matt Damon, and driver Ken Miles, played by Christian Bale, battle corporate interference, the laws of physics, and their own personal demons to build a revolutionary race car and challenge Ferrari at the 24 Hours of Le Mans in 1966. I gotta say, man, if you want a real man's movie this flick and of course the women will want to go because they'll be looking at man and christians (laughs) but uh this movie man these guys my wife would not do that (laughs) (laughs) two dudes with swagger the movie is packed with great racing scenes that put you right behind the wheel you feel like you are there is this a true story it is a true story it's amazing so it's a true story of what's amazing is you might think oh matt damon is that some liberal you know yeah but this movie He's playing an American dude who's standing up for an American car company to show that America is an ingenuity along with, you know, well, Christian Bale's British, but he's an American citizen in the movie. They team up to sh- to kick is Italy's butt. And yes, it, finally, Italy yeah. goes oh, down. Oh, Italians. We've been so tired it's of their spaghetti. Learn to shave their under their your pizza. arms. Shave your legs. They're meatballs. <laughs> We're so tired of Italy. We're tired. Their, their cultural hegemony <laughs> with their food and their <laughs> olive oil. I need to think what they were taking on French cars. But anyway. so, but the film is, entrepreneur, is, is, a, is a testament to entrepreneurial drive, American hard yes. work, and it's got a great chugging blues score. It's a whole lot of fun, and it lets men be men. And yes. They're heroes for it. How come come, on. See this come movie? on, honestly, come on. yes. Hey, so I learned to drive on a yes. Mustang '66 fastback, 287, three speed, and a Shelby. Is I just that grew on hair steroids. on my chest when you were saying that. Yes, and but a Shelby is that on yeah, steroids? Yeah. Sometimes, Jim. I just honestly, I'm getting chills. Yes. Honestly, currently, like I'm so excited for this movie because I want that Mustang to. Kick yep. some it's a great yep. flick. Yep. See it on the big I, screen, man. I'm, I'm excited because Batman and Jason Bourne are finally oh, getting together. That's Come a good on point. Good fighting point. for America, and that's all we ever needed. That's a good point. Yeah. All right. So, folks, let's get to our news. Oh, and our guest today, we're very excited. We'll have him in the second half. Yes. Uh, author and filmmaker from the brilliant movie The Perks of B- Being a Wallflower, also a brilliant book. And uh, he now has a new novel called Imaginary Friend. We'll be having Stephen Jaboski in the second half. Seriously talented guy. I'm so excited for this interview. Really smart guy. But now the news curated by news director Angel Mancini. And now, the Lee story. 
before we go into the lead story, we're going to bring in Andres the Great today. Oh, that's right. Yeah, to I'm join here today, us. guys. I'm hey, here. buddy. Right. Yes. Hey. The only guy that picked his own nickname. No. <laughs> the Great. Of course. Let's yeah. see. Alexander the Great. <laughs> Did Catherine they get some the pick great? Too? Catherine the Great, <laughs> Peter right? the Great, all these great leaders. Yes. And Andre, did they earn it or did they pick it too? My friend from Central <laughs> California who showed up in LA in his car. People are saying picking way too much, but anyway. So, uh, but folks, our first story—it's actually a triple story. This is crazy. It's a, so in Las Vegas. They're dealing with homelessness one way, and we'll get to another city how they're dealing with the opposite end. But in Las Vegas, uh, starting in February, it will be illegal to sleep for homeless people to sleep in sidewalks or in residential areas if there's a shelter bed available. And so the rule has penalties of jail time, a fine of up to $1,000. And the Catholic Charities and Salvation Army, which run the big shelters, say they're at or near capacity. There is a loophole that if they can prove that there's no beds left, you don't get penalized. But this is a really pretty dramatic uh, way of saying, hey, enough's enough with overrunning the sidewalks and things like that and having a lot of public nuisance problems, I think. Yeah, well, yeah, well there's also another loophole that if you what? if well if you if you pull uh, three dragons in the Game of Thrones slot machine, you also get out of jail for <laughs> <laughs> I wanna hey, know what happens hey. if you just fall asleep because you're drunk. It's Vegas, I mean, you know. But yeah. Yeah, how can they or, prove or you're homeless? because you're Carl. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. Carl's narcoleptic for yeah. those of you that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's asleep, he's homeless. No, I'm just narcoleptic. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Hey, here's a genius that I thought. Uh, how are you going to collect a $1,000 fine from a homeless yeah. person? <laughs> All right. Let's thank the genius politicians yeah. and yeah. bureaucrats for that. Oh you, we're going to put a lien on your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How 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 should all that go? I mean, that is a crazy concept that we're um, we have a fire oh, alarm, yeah, fire, alarm. Fire, fire alarm, fire alarm. Oh, yeah. Okay, it'll still come. We'll okay. keep going. We're on hey, fire. How should that all go? Because we're doing crazy... so well. Yeah, <laughs> we're on fire. We're on fire. <laughs> Don't panic, guys. Don't panic. If the fire gets too close, we just keep going with the show. You might be listening to <laughs> hey, our, our I, demise, but yeah. I have a theory that uh, Las Vegas should really take all the homeless and send them to New York, New York Casino, and oh, then yeah. it will be an authentic New York. <laughs> People would just be like, it's so authentic. feels like the real New York. I had to or, they could hang around, or they could hang around Excalibur and be cast as peasants. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Or, and by the way, why do they call the win? Hotel, the win because nobody wins. <laughs> nobody wins. Yeah. Nobody wins. Yeah. It's ironic. It's, yes. like, it's an ironic T-shirt of a, of a casino. So, uh, well, so the meanwhile in San Francisco, mm-hmm. there is a new DA, district attorney, and uh, you you won't believe who he's the son of. Uh, or actually, you will when you hear this. Uh, the new DA has uh, declared while he was running for office that he will not prosecute quality of life crimes such as public camping, offering or soliciting sex, public urination, blocking a sidewalk will not be prosecuted. So now public so is officially enshrined it now that he won. Wait, wait, slow down. Yeah, I, you're going so fast, Carl. <laughs> Let me digest what you just said. Because <laughs> this is huge. This is huge. Okay. The new DA, and his name is Chesa Budin. Yeah, he's the he, son he, of Bill Ayers and uh, his... Oh, uh, he was raised by Bill Bernadette yeah. Dorn. Uh, by the way, for those name, of you but, that you know. don't know, Bill Ayers and the family, are there. they were in the group Weather called the Weather Underground, Underground in Chicago. Terrorists. They were in jail for murder, for bombing places, and killing other people, innocent people. Right. And, and, and so basically American terrorists... And and he's the son of them, and now he's in charge of San Francisco. Now he's the DA. Incredible. Now he's going to prosecute crime. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. It, 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 the DA doesn't really stand for district attorney. It stands in this instance for duh. Is really what it is. <laughs> no, it stands yeah. for dumb. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I didn't say it. You don't have you to bleep it. it. I just said it. ah. Yeah. <laughs> dumb. Ah! Ah, my ears. But um, yeah, so it's like two opposite extremes. Wait, wait, wait. But so, so I slowed you down, and we all went off on major tangents. The real thing is, what is he not prosecuting now? Say him slowly, one at a time. Okay, he is not prosecuting public camping. Well, 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. So God forbid we go up in the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> well, it means, it, yeah. But he's saying like no uh, tents, you know, the, on the streets. Oh, like, we have all Then offering or soliciting sex. So that's uh -oh. no. That's not yeah. legal. Not that's, le that's legal, right? That's totally legal. Completely yeah. legal. What is this, Vegas? Public, yeah. <laughs> Public <laughs> urination. Public urination is legal? Totally legal. blocking a sidewalk. Wait, no, no, slow Let me down. say this. Just I'm super happy about that. <laughs> me too. Super me happy. too. I mean, who has I'm it? I'm really, really happy about that. At this that. point, you know what? You have some coffee. It's time. This is fantastic. This is a great thing. I'm, I'm going to live in San Francisco. You know, they should, we should start sentencing criminals to live in San Francisco. That actually, that's funny. That's the new place. Plan. Escape from New York, yeah, escape but from New San, York, Francisco. San Francisco. <laughs> well, here's how you drop your crime rates in a city. You make sure that there's nothing is actually a crime anymore. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, man. We're going to get to that in a minute because that's actually happening in that our state. And we'll yeah. talk about that in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But go ahead. Keep, okay. What else is he not prosecuting? Well, I, that's what, that was it. The, blocking the, the, a sidewalk. Yeah. Also blocking a sidewalk. Blocking a sidewalk. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if I'm... I can't tell you how many times I've been arrested for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> actually, Carl, you're large enough. I you know, could be. <laughs> if I just Carl, Carl you, you've been decriminalized. You should feel very good about that. Being Carl is now... It's refreshing. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's legal now. Talk about a weight off me. Actually, not because no, if you not look at off. me, I still yeah. haven't lost it. But, um, yeah, so good. it's just complete opposite. Um, you know, crazy. But, uh, you know, actually, he may not even... Yeah, it says they are his parents. Why does he have a different name? They are his either parents. heirs or dorm. They're not his parents. They're, well, they, oh, he was raised by... Oh, my God. His oh, he parents, was raised his by parents, his, his parents were sent... Prison for hold murder. on. One yeah, at a time, his guys. His parents went to prison for murder. Wow. Uh, while he was wow. a toddler. Wow. And so then Bill Ayers, the leader of the Chicago Underground with his wife, Bern, or but his paramour, uh, Bernadine Dorn, raised... Uh, wow. Who now yeah. thinks it's amazing. You know. So Chessa Boudin is his name, but it's French. It's translated, I love sewage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we got to move into the third part of this story. This is crazy. A man in San Francisco was arrested for eating a sandwich on the San Francisco subway platform. You got to oh. hear this. A guy named Steve Foster, but for some reason on. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. What did you just tell me? That doesn't even make sense. He got arrested for eating a, subway, for eating a sandwich on the subway platform. Uh, was it a I subway sandwich video. on the subway platform? Well, no, that's I what that I did. Video. We'll get to okay. that. Wait a second, guys. Let's, let's just go down the list. Yeah. Is eating a sandwich public camping? No. 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 <laughs> Is it offering or soliciting sex? No, it's no. not. Is it public urination? No. 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 Is it blocking a sidewalk? <laughs> no. Put that man in jail forever. <laughs> he, wait, wait. He seriously got arrested for eating a sandwich. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he was eating on the, on the platform. On the platform. He wasn't yeah. on the subway. Mm -hmm. I know. And, they, and but they the this uh, walked by and yes. said, "Stop eating the sandwich because it's illegal because of cleanliness laws or something." They sell they're sandwiches. Worried about, they're worried about yeah. sandwiches uh, dirtying up a platform, but they allow it to urinate in public on the sidewalk. Actually, in San Francisco, go ahead, Jim. Well, this is my plan. This is my plan. I'm going to get a giant costume, like eight feet tall, of a man urinating on a wall. <laughs> And I'm going to sit inside that costume, and I'm going to eat my sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> or you can just get a tent. And wait, 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 wait. Yes, yes. No, literally, you can poop on the street yes. in New York City. You can shoot what? up on the street. I mean, sorry, not in New San York. Francisco, in in yeah. San Francisco. You can yeah. shoot up yeah. on the street. But I cannot eat, eat a, a sandwich. sandwich. <laughs> I can't eat what makes the poop. Yeah, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, but I—that's <laughs> how they stop the poop. That's, well, this, here's what's great is the supply the, side poop. The, yeah. <laughs> well, here's what's great is the guy—he was raking. Was, part of the problem was he was making a big scene when the cops were telling yes. him to stop, and he's like, "No!" So he's cussing him out. He's throwing like supposedly homophobic slurs at him and stuff like that. But. What was great was the public even responded with an outcry in which there's, there was a staged protest called Have Brunch on BART, meaning the Bay Area Rapid Transit. So hundreds of people went out of their way to eat on the subway as a protest in favor of the guy. <laughs> yes. Wow. How did that yes. arrest look? Put the knockworks down. Put it down. <laughs> hey, you can't. You that's using excessive force. No, it was dangerous. Uh, I had to use force. He had a club sandwich. <laughs> exactly. Oh, well, wow. See what I did there, people. Wow. Yes, we did. Excellent. Now, no, no, just a second. 
Thank you. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. I'm, I'm, I'm shedding right. a tear. Also, those are claps, you know what? by the way, those are claps. Hey, yeah. No, honestly. <laughs> With our direction, we were slapping Ron. We were all slapping him very, yeah, those are very claps. gently, but we were slapping. <laughs> Good yeah. point, Andres. But um, no, but I gotta say, I, I empathize with this guy because I myself was given a ticket about 10 years ago. I was on the LA subway platform eating what? a literal subway sandwich and a, <laughs> as a guy came up to me and just waves at me his hand in front of my face and I'm like, dude, seriously? And so he winds up uh, getting... Uh, giving me a ticket, and I was like, "Well, if you're gonna write the ticket, I'm gonna keep eating, and I'm gonna make a damn mess here." So I just ate just disgustingly. I let stuff. So fly pretty all much over the- normal. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've seen you, yeah. Carl. Honestly, I've it. eaten with it's you a lot, Carl. Yeah. It is not a good thing. It's every every Wednesday yeah. after the show, Shut uh, up. we kind of know. If you'll note that has not been uh, that is not that is actually still a crime in San Francisco. It's not part of the list. Is you eating? but i but i was actually i refused to go to court i never appeared and i found out later i have a warrant for my arrest it might be to this day for eating a sandwich yes so i'm a dangerous fugitive criminal and i just are you serious yeah all right this has to be brought up our country's going insane yeah how come it's legal to do all these things that like are not okay. Not okay. <laughs> yeah. In San Francisco. Okay, exactly. so now I'm going to bring up Prop 47 mm-hmm. that went through, which now... California, yeah, Carl, California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. California this is so Prop good. 47. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. We just have a great bonehead, but go ahead. Prop 47. Go there right now. Pull it up. You have yeah, the yeah, notes. Yeah, yeah, Prop 47. Read it for okay, us. Okay, so... So this is this how is, crazy yeah, California is. Yeah, a variety of non-serious, non-violent crimes... That have previously been considered felonies to misdemeanors. You can now shoplift, have grand theft, receive stolen property, forgery, fraud, and writing bad checks. As long as the total value of the stolen property is under nine fifty, only a ghost of an offense has occurred. A thief may now steal something under that limit on a daily basis and it will never rise to felony status. That's amazing. All right. Wow. So wow. you could do it daily. You can take up to a nine hundred and ninety five dollars worth of stuff yep. from yep. somewhere. Yep. Dennis Prager to Today talked on the radio here about being in Hollywood um, mm-hmm. a couple days ago. He was in a um, um, Starbucks. Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and yeah. somebody walked in and just grabbed all the sandwiches yep. and just walked out. And no one tries to stop them because they know no one will prosecute them. Yep. It wow. is now welcome to California. Yep. And all, and all, and all they wow. heard the guy saying as he was doing is nine hundred twenty five dollars, nine hundred thirty six, nine hundred forty six dollars. Okay, I can stop. Honestly, they, you can actually make three hundred and sixty three thousand a year if you do that now oh, without I, getting I, prosecuted. Three hundred and sixty three thousand a year without getting. prosecuted. I'm in the wrong business. Exactly. <laughs> all I gotta say is, you know, considering considering these were sandwiches at Starbucks, that was only about 10 sandwiches. <laughs> Carl would know the price of yes. food. But real Very quick, well. we got to do one last tribute to our Bonehead of the Week. This is amazing. I can't go without it. Man Up brings you Bonehead of the Week. Oops. He's from Arkansas, my beloved home state, and uh, this is even better than anything that could happen in Florida. There was a cop in uh, uh, Arkansas who was caught dancing drunk and well obviously dancing naked while drunk in a nightclub called discovery in little rock well they discovered something (laughs) we stripped the little rock we discovered it wasn't all that (laughs) (laughs) they saw both his little rocks Um, stripped off all his clothes and began dancing to don't stop believing by rock group journey in the busy club and don't we all his name was Severon Hackett and he stumbled around the dance floor crashed into a table before a security guard confronted him all cut on video still nude he wrestled with a guard momentarily before falling to the floor then the cops okay, show okay up. that's a wrestling match I lose yeah. automatically it's, yeah. like, it's like pal I well, forfeit you're not going to get a chance to pin me <laughs> yeah. then they let him drive home still drunk apparently and guess what he must have been in San Francisco May as well have been, I guess, because he was not charged with any crimes. Wow. But, wow. but he has been suspended without pay, yeah, for which ironically days. means he has to go and dance for his money. <laughs> <laughs> he works hard for the money. But yeah. 100, 100 bucks says he, he was drinking tequila that night. <laughs> <laughs> that, seriously, I don't know what it is about that drink. 
It's bad he, things happen. He is time. now the Little Rock wrestling champion. <laughs> <laughs> In more ways than one. Exactly. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, hey, we got to uh, head to break, but we want you to check us out on Facebook at Man Up the View for Dudes, Instagram at Man Up Show, and on Twitter at Man Up underscore Show. And when we come back, we'll be with author and filmmaker Stephen Jaboski. I'm so excited That's for awesome. this. This is going to be awesome. This is a clap also. And yeah, buy your houses out of state currently because California's falling apart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hey, this is Antonio Delgado, host of Man Up. You hear me give funny and serious opinions on some of the biggest issues facing man today. Through my law offices in Los Angeles, San Diego, San Francisco, Las Vegas, Orange County, and Houston, I man up for you to help you and your family at the most difficult times of your life. So if you want a caring and compassionate fighter for your rights to a great life in America, call me. 213-266-7900 213-266-7900 and I'll be there for you. That's 213-266-7900. The CDC is pointing to a vitamin E synthetic as the likely cause behind the 39 vaping-related deaths in the U.S. Phil Hewlett has details. Vitamin E acetate was discovered in the lung fluids of 29 people who became ill during the outbreak. The CDC reports more than 2,000 people have become ill. CDC scientists are calling the discovery a breakthrough, but have not ruled out other possible compounds or ingredients that may be behind the sickness. Vitamin E acetate is an oil that is derived from the vitamin. It is often used on the cannabis black market to stretch the amount of THC in vape cartridges. Those who hate eating vegetables may be able to blame their parents. Here's Brian Shook. Scientists say there could be a genetic reason instead of just being a picky eater. They revealed a new study Monday at an annual meeting of the American Heart Association. Seems some people are sensitive to the bitter taste found in such veggies as broccoli, cauliflower, and Brussels sprouts. I'm Larry Marino in the Answer Newsroom. Message and data rates may apply. Individual results vary. Exclusions apply. Contacts and glasses are such a hassle. I'd love to finally get LASIK, but... I'm going to stop you right there. If you want LASIK, then the LASIK Vision Institute has officially taken away everything standing in your way. Isn't LASIK expensive? Not at the LASIK Vision Institute. We're offering dramatically low prices and an absolutely free consultation. See for free if LASIK is right for you by texting RADIO to 350-350. But I'm really busy. A text only takes seconds and the LASIK procedure typically only takes 15 minutes. And best of all, most patients can get back to work the following day. I had no idea. The LASIK Vision Institute uses the latest FDA-approved LASIK technology that helps the majority of patients achieve 2020 vision. We've performed over 1.3 million procedures. That's experience you can trust. And we're offering 20% off our already low-cost services. What's that text again? Text RADIO to 350-350. That's R-A-D-I-O to 350-350 to schedule your free consultation today. This is Larry Marino on behalf of Move America Forward. We hope you'll join us in sending care packs to our troops overseas for Thanksgiving. People have to know what we went through and what we lived through, and freedom is not free. That's D-Day survivor Irving Locker. To be alone, away from everything else, or away from your family, and get a care package, it's still a, a touch of home. Your gift of $500 sends 20 care packs, $250 sends 10 $100 sends 4 Call 833-2-TROOPS, 833-287-6677. It is so important to keep the veterans attached to the people in the United States, you know, and the people at home, regardless of where you are. To me, it's so, so, so very important. When you give $250, we'll send you a $50 gift certificate for either Gulliver's in Irvine or Columbo's in Eagle Rock while supplies last. 833-287-6677. Or give online at am870theanswer.com. Are you one of those people getting your news from Facebook? I'm on Facebook. We'll get the answer. Facebook. We'll follow us. Like our page at AM870 The Answer. Welcome. You've tuned in to Man Up. Heard each and every Saturday evening at 8. Where host Antonio Delgado, Carl Kozlowski, and Ron Pearson, along with their guests, take a stand for modern manhood. Stand up and man up, America. And now, your hosts, Antonio, Carl, and Ron. Welcome back to Man Up, brought to you from the luxurious studios of KRLA AM 870, The Answer, in Los Angeles. 
As always, I'm one of your hosts, Carl. Double portion, hold the dessert, Kozlowski. And with me are... Ron, the mirthful married man, Pearson, and... Jim, the nutty professor, Hope. With a touch yeah. of ginger. Ooh. <laughs> and, uh, are you redhead? What the... No, I'm just... <laughs> All right. Well, our very special guest this week, we're excited to have him, is the author of the legendary young adult novel, The Perks of Being a Wallflower, one of the biggest young adult novels of all time. Amazing. And uh, he went on to write and direct the acclaimed movie of it, created the huge yep, cult awesome. hit CBS series, Jericho, and wrote and directed the smash hit family film, Wonder, starring Julia Roberts and Owen Wilson. He's now authored his second novel, Imaginary Friend, which has been described by many as a Stephen King kind of thriller with some strong... Christian themes, and ladies and gentlemen, I bring you Stephen Jaboski. Thank you. How are you, sir? Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, so hey, yeah, go. Oh, sorry. You, you talk. It's All right. your show. I listen. You talk. Oh no! So, uh, Actually, it's going to go the other way around. Yeah, we hope so. Yes, <laughs> we've heard oh, ourselves. Really? I, I didn't agree to that. I didn't agree to anything. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's yeah. cool. Well, hey, um, we, you know, we're going to talk about all sorts of stuff. But I want to get one thing off uh, about the uh, the new book. Um, this is your first novel in like about fifteen years. You've done so many other things in between. So, just wondering, um, what inspired you to to write this uh, finally? And it's a different kind of genre uh so you know what inspired that and tell us a little about it well i i think you know when i when i did the you mentioned the movie i did of my novel first being a wallflower and when i when i did that movie i love the process i love writing the book i love making the film and and i said i want to do this again but i wanted to do it if i was going to do it like i i didn't want to just do perks too or do one more ya or just kind of be like you know what i guess a lot of people would call on brand I wanted to really challenge myself and see if I was going to write another novel, do something totally different, wow. something that, that was really personal to me, um, you know, that had the heart of perks and wonder, but did it in this different way. And I've always loved horror. I've always loved huh. it. Wow. And what I wanted to try to do was, was write a novel that was equal parts kind of heart and horror. And, uh, wow. and yeah, so that's where the genesis of Imaginary Friend came from. Okay, and, um, and could you just mention briefly, you know, give people a taste of what it's about? Just so, uh, oh, of course, yeah, 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 yeah no, absolutely. So when I, you know, look, we, we all have this experience as a kid. You're laying in the grass, you look up in the sky, and you saw the clouds, right? Yeah. We all did this. You'd like, look at the shapes and say, oh, those are a good dog, a hammer, a face, whatever it was. My idea was, well, what if a little boy looks up in the clouds and realized that for the last two weeks it was always the same face looking back at him? Oh, wow. And... It started with that idea, and then I, you know, because I'm a filmmaker, I always kind of think in terms of scenes, and so I just pictured him. He's outside of his school. The last of the school buses drive away. He's all alone waiting for his mom, and he's reading his book, and the shadow cuts across the page, and he looks up, and there is the cloud face. Now it's like as big as the sky. And little Christopher, that's the name of the boy, he says, Hello? Can you hear me? There's a thunderclap in the distance. could be a coincidence. So he says, If you can hear me, Blink your left eye, and then slowly the cloud slowly blinks and oh, unblinks wow. its eye, and then starts to float away. And Christopher follows the cloud. That was the first idea that I really had, and I didn't know when I started the book ten years ago. Um, uh, I didn't know what was. <laughs> That's a the funny cloud. statement, right there. Yeah. <laughs> when I started the book yeah, ten I, years ago. Wow. <laughs> ten years ago. Well, I've been really busy. I got married. I had two kids. Oh, I directed perks. I directed Wonder. I wrote the yeah. movie. It's been like. It's Can been I the be- most amazing 10 years of my life, but I always came back to this because I just loved, I loved what this thing could represent, and I didn't know what was behind the cloud, but I had to know, and so I kept going until I knew. It was That's a really great. exciting thing wow. to do. Well, okay. you, you scared me. To, I mean, everything. I'm holding Ron right now. I'm in his lap. <laughs> I'm crying, I'm by the way. We're all, we're all very frightened. That That's, that's, that's sounds, sounds fantastic. You're a good storyteller already. Absolutely. I mean, you you know how to lay things out very well, and uh, uh, my goodness, let's let's now go back so people at home can understand who you are. You grew up in Pittsburgh, is that right? I did. I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Are you a Steelers fan? I am a huge one. You're yeah, so lucky you're uh, not in the room today because we would fight right now, you and me. Really? <laughs> yeah, let's go down. Who's your team? Chargers, Seahawks, and Cowboys. Let's go. Let's fight. That's too many teams. You have I too know, many right? teams. You don't have any loyalty have at all. Teams, too many. We could just start picking other teams. Wait, listen, you add up, listen, if you add up all of your teams, you only have one less. 
Super Bowl than my one team. Oh, ouch, ouch. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm 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 good at math as well. Yes. So anyway, yeah, that's a I'm that's kidding. a Trojan I, right I actually, there. You know, it's funny being raised in Pittsburgh. We were raised to kind of like hate Dallas. Yes. it's like a birthright almost. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then I went there. I went to the. I'd never been to the city. I went to the city when I was promoting uh, uh, the Perks movie, and I love it. I love that town. I, I do I'll too. I'll never hate on the Cowboys again. Yeah. And I've always loved the Seahawks. I had so many people in Seattle. And San Diego, they're cool. look. You guys got us back in '94, so what the hell? Hey, and I'm buying a house in Dallas within the next two months. So, <laughs> oh really? Yeah, my wife's oh, from my wife's from there, and her whole family's there. And I just I love it there too. I'm from Seattle originally. I live in LA now, and and now Dallas will be my uh, uh, my other home. And and by the way, I've spent a lot of time in Pittsburgh, and I love it there too. It's but he, oh, how yeah. did you get interested in? Honestly, you have a serious talent here uh, to tell stories and tell them very well through character, through emotion. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about how I responded to your stuff later, but I want to know how you got interested originally in doing what you do and what started your career. Well, you know, uh, I really only wanted to be two things in my entire life. Uh, there was baseball player when I was a little, little kid, and I kind of gave that up about the age 11. It didn't work? The only other thing, <laughs> didn't work. No, too, too short, too slow. Um, <laughs> but everything else, but, you know, the only other thing I really wanted to do was, was be a novelist, and that's where it started, this idea of, like, writing a book. And so I said to my dad when I was 12, <clears throat> you know, I said, you know, Dad, I want to be a writer. And he said, well... Great writers are great readers. They kind of left the room to like smoke a cigarette and watch a hockey game. You know, and, <laughs> I love uh, your dad, by the fantastic. way. Fantastic, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's absolutely right. I love him. <laughs> it was really good advice. See, you have to understand. My dad is trying to get me to to read more, right? But I didn't take it that way. I'm 12, and he left the room. So I'm like, well, hmm. He knows I don't read a lot because you know I I, I, I you know I'm a really slow reader, and so I'm probably dyslexic. I just was never diagnosed, and uh, and so I took it as a rule. Like, oh, I guess I'm not allowed to be a novelist, huh? Well, I guess I read movies. All right, I'll write movies. That's oh. how I that's how I chose movies. Terrific. That's and clever. the only author that I read back then. Because he's the only person that kind of got through uh, whatever this this reading uh, problem I have is. Back then, was Stephen King, oh, and there's something wow. about the way he wrote right. prose that was just my brain could understand it. And he became my favorite writer. He is to this day. Wow. You know, when I did, you mentioned the show Jericho. That was my tribute to the stand. Right. And oh. an imaginary friend, at least in a little bit of a part, is, is a tribute to really his whole canon and how much I love him as a writer. Oh, that's that's great. Well, people who don't know about Jericho, it's a post-apocalyptic uh, life, right? And uh, in a small yeah, town in the middle of America, yeah. right? Yeah, right? Right? By the way, post-apocalyptic in LA, they say the yeah. temperature would be three thousand degrees Fahrenheit, but the wow. valley would be three thousand and ten. <laughs> but well, I had a That's question uh, about well, you know one thing that I think is really interesting um, with uh, regard to uh, perks and wonder and and then this wait book. wait 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 before we go there let's go with his storyline he he decides he's going to be a novelist but how, you ended up at USC right yeah, yeah I went yes I went to see from the time of twelve film. I was like I literally yeah. thought it was against the rules for to be a novelist. So I started to study movies in earnest. I wrote my first screenplay when I was 16. I got into USC film school and, 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 and NYU, and I had to choose. And on Ooh. the day that I visited USC, um, there was a man named Stuart Stern who gave like this Q&A. Yeah. Now, if you don't know his name, Stuart, he wrote Rebel Out a Cause. Oh, and oh my. Sybil, wow. And Rachel, Rachel, he was nominated for like three or four Oscars over wow. the years. Wow. He won an Emmy for Sybil. And he was the most remarkable storyteller I'd ever seen. It was just, it was faith. It was this absolute faith that day that I was there. Because I said, if this man is here, I'm going to the school. And what happened was, when I arrived at USC, so I chose on that day that I'm going. When I arrived at USC, he suffered a massive heart attack. And I remember... Just and I wrote it's a, a Stephen King novel. You know, he, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> so he, uh, 
I don't know why I'm laughing about his heart attack. But yeah, exactly. I don't know why Ron made anyway, a joke. I'm funny because I'm funny. <laughs> no, not at all. So, so, I'll, well, basically, I wrote him a letter just to say how much you know he changed my life right. by just being who he was. But I remember I didn't sign my name to the letter because I didn't want him to think I was using like you know his his problem as a way to you know gain favor or an agent whatever. So I signed it anonymously, wow. um, the way that the kid did in the person of the wallflower, oh. and um, and basically he uh, wow. took Stuart two years to figure out I was me. Wow. And from the day That's, from wow. from my from when I was basically nineteen, oh he was gosh. my mentor until he passed away a couple of years ago. Oh, that's amazing! Um, yeah, that's so wonderful. yeah, I went yeah. to USC. I, I, yeah, I, yeah I, I actually went to film school there also for, I went to a graduate program for film production for a year. Oh, and, cool. Yeah, yeah, and then I got hired by uh, NBC at, later with Greg Kinnear, and then I was I was gone, so. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, it's a fantastic really cool. school. I really. Great. Yeah, you yeah, know, my daughter actually went uh, went to SC. She just graduated in 2015, so it only okay, cost. Did, how much did it cost you, like a only, half a million? Only like, a quarter of a million. Like? Only a quarter of a million, and that doesn't include the bar tab. So, <laughs> by the way, can we you have... tell, like, listen, you know what's really fun? I know that it's a horrible, it's a horrible scandal and everything else, but I have to say, as as an alum from USC, mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't know that our school was worth that. You know right. Wow, really? No, it's, it's that it's, much? Yeah, it, no, you it's know, a fantastic. Like, wow, maybe yes. I should have studied harder. <laughs> I, like, you know, I don't know. By the way, I'm friends with one of the people under indictment currently. A, so. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm yeah, very yeah. sorry. Yeah, sorry. it's honestly... They're really nice people. They really are, and I feel bad for them. But they did break. They did commit felonies. So, well, yeah, <laughs> allegedly. Well, you know, yeah, allegedly. You Thank you, girl. Yeah. Allegedly. Exactly. And actually, actually, I told my daughter that I was going to be talking to you today, and she she texted me immediately. She said, "Okay, first of all, tell him your daughter read and reread the book Perks of a Wallflower for like a month huh? straight when she was a freshman in college." Uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, she just she she started doing quotes from at it. USC, just, by the way. At USC, actually, yes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So, and she said the line, "We accept the love we think we deserve," Ooh. slammed me so hard the first time I read it, and it really stuck in my memory. I mean, it was immediately right for it. So you've, I mean, you already know that you affect people's lives. So I'm just telling you one personal moment of that. So yeah, well, I, I appreciate. It. Well, listen, if you if you want, I will gladly. You know, I mean. You know, Christmas is coming up, or you know, holidays. Oh. If if you want me to sign a book to her, I'll happily do it. Oh my gosh! You can give it to her be... as a gift. Oh yeah, that. All right, I'm right. going to interrupt Stephen. Yes. <laughs> Carl's upset because he's not getting the questions in. But last night, I I did not had not known anything about Perks, and so I sat and watched it last night. And mm-hmm. I, my wife, interrupted me in the middle and goes. This is obviously hitting something in you because you've been crying for about a half hour. <laughs> Dude, wow. You wipe me out and I wow. just want to say send send me an autograph copy too. <laughs> All right. I, I will happily do that. Fantastic. There's actually there's actually believe it or not, there's a 20th anniversary of the book. Uh-huh. That I ju- I just published about a month ago. Oh, wow! Um, and in the 20th anniversary of the book, I wrote a new letter because the whole thing is told in these series of letters from yes. Charlie, yeah, 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 right, your yeah. friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wrote a new letter, Charlie, 20 years later. Oh wow! Oh wow! Your friend, like what he's figured out in 20 years, and it was oh, very. Gosh. You know, last night I did this event at Book Soup with uh, Emma Watson, and and I read I read aloud to the. Uh, I read that the letter aloud. It's very, very moving to, to share with people. So oh, thank right. you for your comments. You know, it's, it's really remarkable to hear um, when people watch the movie. It's always very humbling, and I'm really grateful that you watched it. And thank you. I connected to multiple levels of the movie, and my question is, um, I have what's called an intimacy disorder. Do you know anything about that, and did you slide any of that into the story because honestly he seemed like a little island unto himself trying to survive life and um ah, yeah i'll start crying now dude <laughs> you, i'm still you know, crying. i i don't know i never really thought about him having you know like a specifically an intimate you know intimacy disorder it wasn't that i just he really you know look you know, I'm four years out of USC. I started the book in my senior year of college. I thought of the title then, and I, I thought about it. When I thought of the story, it was really it was one of those moments where, I'll never forget, I'm 26, and I'm living in New York, 
And, you know, I had these two ideas. I had the idea of the person in the wallflower, of, you know, the, the boy and his two friends and his aunt and the, the, the Ford tunnel and everything else. Yeah. And then I had this other idea called Letters from a Friend, which was this idea of like, oh, it's, I'll write this series of letters, you know, kind of claiming that a kid picking out of the phone book has been writing me letters and these are the best ones. Because I wanted people to take the fiction as fact, take it more seriously. Um, and then one morning, it's like I kind of put them, those ideas together. And I started writing it, and it just poured out. And it's one of those things where it was like that lightning-in-a-bottle moment that I think all young artists like look for and hope for. And, and it's really remarkable to be talking about it, you know, now. I mean, almost, I mean, well over 20 years. And, and, and what is it, like seven years since the movie came out? Yeah, and, and it's, right. you know, and here you were watching it yesterday. So to me, it's such a personal thing to do. And the fact that it's actually helped people and it's actually moved mm-hmm. people and that they've seen so much of Charlie in themselves or so much of some of the other characters in themselves, it's, 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 like, it's endlessly gratifying. Because, you know, again, I don't know, I, I'm just, it's kind of remarkable to, to, to have written something that is maybe still worth talking about uh, all these decades later. So I really appreciate your comments, man. Yeah, well, hey, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, I thought it's really strange how uh, Perk's got a lot of uh, has been on a lot of uh, uh, like band lists from some libraries or parents that complain around the country. At the same time, it touched millions of kids' lives. Ron's, you know, pretty uh, traditional dad and was affected deeply by it in a positive way. So, um, you know, w- w- my impression is that you were dealing with trying to be realistic about kids go through things like drugs or suicidal thoughts or suicide or. Uh, you know, other aspects of the book that were sometimes com- uh, criticized by some. So uh, how do you feel like about addressing realistic issues in, uh, you know, r- something intended for young minds? And how do you balance that when you're, when you're taking on a, a deep subject like those things? Well, I, I feel like, you know, listen, you guys you can relate to this, I'm sure, is that being where I'm from, just culturally speaking, a lot of these issues are everywhere. Um, but they're very rarely, it's certainly back then, they were very, very rarely spoken about. Yeah. And usually they were actively swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if that was a, an effective technique, if that led to a happier kid or a more well-adjusted like young adult or going into adulthood, then fine, great. The problem is I've never seen that, that technique work long term you know you can you can buy a couple of years of peace but you're going to pay big time later and so i always felt like it was almost like a duty to, to to tackle these issues i'm not trying to glorify anything i'm not trying to um i've never done that i'm not trying to be cynical and exploit these things it's just this is some of the world that i knew and if i didn't know it i knew someone very dear to me that knew it and so i was just trying to talk about at least what I thought about real life, you know, and I do that in all my work, whether it's something that's more like a family, like with wonder or now with some of the things I'm dealing with an imaginary friend. Okay. And, and also, um, you know, you're, you're pretty openly about being a Catholic and, uh, just was wondering how you, uh, uh, was wondering. By the way, that was two Protestants clapping. Yeah, for yeah. You. Well, no, I'm clapping. a Catholic we, here. We like we like Catholics now. No, but, We're allowed to like Catholics now. I appreciate it. Yes. Well, Twenty years ago, we couldn't like you. Wood, deer, and Catholic. Exactly. No, but, go ahead. But I was going to say, um, you you've commented before when I interviewed you a couple of years back for uh, for a podcast about um, you know how faith. Uh, impacts your sense of mission in the world and and like trying that you feel the nation's very divided right now that you can help uh, bring people together uh, through your work as a writer uh, would you care commenting about about that again how your faith drives you and that kind of sense of mission in life oh, absolutely you know look when I was a kid being taught like you know it's interesting all the stories in CCD which I guess is you know it's now CRE. My, my daughter just start, literally just started on Sunday. She just started CRE, oh. which is kind of remarkable that we're talking about this today. Nice. Um, that, that it was two, it was, there was two lessons I took from it. One scared me a lot, and another one inspired me a lot. It was, it's been a really interesting you know, thing that, that I've struggled with over the years to kind of balance love and fear, right? Because I was taught both. Uh, to say specifically about the love part is 
you know, when I, you know, I, I was a very imaginative kid, obviously. Like, I, I chose this, this life. And as an imaginative kid, when they said, you know, you know, Jesus loves everybody. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I have been, ever since I was taught that, I have, tr- I have looked in my heart about that, taking that literally, and thinking about every person that I, I, I you know, it's, it's almost like the ultimate tool of empathy, something I explored a lot in wonder, is the idea of, look, I don't care, you know, we were making jokes before about Steelers and everything else. Mm-hmm. It's like this, and Jesus loves everybody. Every team, not every Steelers. Fan, every this, every no, that. he does not. <laughs> no, he does not. There you go. Well, you, would, you would fail CRE, or you would fail right now. You would fail that. You're um, out of CRE. Like, what, yeah, there you go. Um, so, um, so for me, it was it was taking that literally mm-hmm. and trying to apply to life, which is, you know, are you going to be part of the solution or part of the problem? Yeah. Can you can you use your work to, to, to show common ground, universal experiences, whether the things that we are that make us you know give us fear or things that inspire us with love or hope or heart or whatever it is that you're looking at? I've never seen a more powerful force than like you know looking at my wife Liz and how she loves the kids. You know, if that's not divine, I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. So I look at that in terms of the things that bring us all together. And, and I often wonder, and I'm sure you guys have talked about this on your show before, is, is I always question people's motives who try to tear people apart. I always ask myself, who's winning when we're all losing? Who, who, is, who is making the money or who is getting the, the power when really good people that I know are fighting about something that I personally think is rather trivial? Yeah. You know, if, if I voted for Clinton... And, and my cousin Chucky, my first cousin, whom I love very much, voted for Trump. I'm not unfriending him. He's not unfriending me. I respect him. He respects me. We know why we, we stand where we stand. But above and above, above and beyond politics, it really is like it's about fundamental respect of people's views. That, to me, is what faith is. Wow. Okay, that's great. I like it. I like it. I go by the adage of no one can grow in life unless there's grace and truth. So if everyone's fighting each other, there's no grace, and there might be truth. But if you have all grace and no truth, then no one's growing either. You have to have both grace and truth to add growth, and that's how God creates growth in in our lives. That's uh, beautiful. I, I, I love that. I love what you just said. That's beautiful. So what, what, uh, we're almost out of time, but what do you got uh, going on uh, next? Um, I know you were involved in writing uh, Beauty and the Beast, the live-action take, on it, which was awesome. Uh, I heard you're doing Prince Charming. Is that still happening? Uh, well, I did the screenplay for that. Um, I'm not directing that particular movie. Um, I did some screenplay work, which I really love doing. That was fun. Uh, right now I'm focused on two things. Um, number one is is kind of writing the screenplay for uh, uh, Imaginary Friends. You know, so I'm oh, going really? to do that adaptation because yeah, yeah, I'm very right. excited about that. That's great. And I'm also directing the musical out of the movie musical version of the Broadway show Dear Evan Hansen. So am I. So am I. Yeah. So am I. Congratulations, Stephen. Wow, that's Thank great, you. man. Thank you. <laughs> by the, by yeah, the wow. way, that's terrific. You're the John Hughes of this generation, my opinion. After sobbing for like hours last night yeah. over Thank your you, movie, I really appreciate your work. You're a true yeah, artist, terrific. brother. Nice work. Yeah. So hey, want to encourage everybody to uh, buy the fantastic new book, Imaginary Friend. Yep. And check out Stephen's uh, wonderful movies, The Perks of Being a Wallflower, and Wonder, and also Beauty and the Beast, man. If you, if the whole world's seen that one, but hey, see it again. It's great. Until uh, uh, next time, I am th- we want to say thanks to Stephen for coming on. And uh, I'm Carl Kozlowski. Ron Pearson. Jim Hope. And we want you guys to look us up on Facebook at Man Up the View for Dudes, at Instagram at Man Up Show, and at Twitter at Man Up underscore Show. Thanks a lot. Steven, you rock. Thank you so much. Well, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. It was great. Thank you. Blessings. Hey. The Man Up Show was sponsored by Delgado Productions on AM870, The Answer. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.